This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 181 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, June 11th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we discuss our reactions to the Xbox Games Showcase, which included highlights such as Fable, Avowed, Starfield, and new Xbox IP such as South of Midnight and Clockwork Revolution. It was a doozy. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? uh i am uh can, can we use the term eating good is that allowed can we uh, can we do that it's not going to be allowed for much longer i know okay. we've said it and we're going to keep saying it probably as we discuss <laughs> but man oh man we are eating yeah. good how are you bud <laughs> i'm good i'm having a good week uh, a lot of news a lot of stuff to be it's been a busy week man we had the the showcase uh jeff Keeley's thing that we talked about earlier uh last week was it was a sony's thing like there's just you know putting hours into diablo 4 still like it's it's been super busy having a really good time it's the like the busiest time of the year mm-hmm. for games i feel like oh How about big you time oh man i'm i'm great i really enjoyed that showcase i'm excited to talk about that with you had a lot of fun lately playing diablo 4 with uh with you with kev with with uh joe we've had so much time i'm well into world tier three now which i'm having a blast with uh and man i've got i've got some good shout outs this week too i'm i'm feeling good buddy we are we are uh quite fortunate as xbox fans this week yeah definitely yeah well who are your words of kindness for this week uh kevin ainsworth the muffin mon for bringing me on over at uh, Project X Talk. It was great to to sit down and chat with him. Uh, we covered Jeff Keighley's uh, Game Awards, or not Game Awards, what's he call it? Summer Game Fest. Summer Game Fest. And uh, yeah. we we talked about that. We dove into the details. It was a really, it was a pretty good show. It felt like a, uh, it felt like what the PlayStation Showcase should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked a little bit about that in uh, in, a, in a smaller episode that you and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just really nice to uh, to get invited on some other shows and and uh, get to ch- chat about games um, just with other folks and get their thoughts and feelings on stuff. So shout out to him. Uh, definitely go check out that episode. Yeah, that was a good episode. I enjoyed hearing you guys chat. Um, yeah. oh, I love Kevin Ainsworth. Good dude. Save Games Media, Project X Talk. I listen to Project X Talk every week. Uh, so that's awesome. And yeah, the, the episode that uh, you're alluding to for XCP, where you and I discuss Summer Game Fest, that's found on YouTube only, guys. So if you go to our YouTube channel, that's there. It's not locked behind a paywall or anything like that. It's just it's only on YouTube uh, this yeah. time around. Um, Logan, I want to give a shout out to Miles Dompierre uh for having me on on project or uh, not project xbox on xbox, xbox chatterdays Chatterdays, yeah. yeah that was a good time i love miles and um, i really enjoy him uh getting to ha- chat with him anytime he's been on an xcp a number of times patreons uh xcp patreon number of times um that was fun uh but 
in short, it was cool to chat with him. And then I have to give a shout out as well to the trophy room, both Kyle Stevenson and Joseph Moran. Uh, they welcomed us on for the live stream reactions, which we had a blast with. I know we had quite a few people uh, in and out listening to to us kind of react live to the showcase. That was fun. Yeah, man. yeah, we had a good time. That was a really it was a really fun opportunity to kind of just enjoy it. It's funny how when you go back and you watch like the the show again, I got to say, like I was watching the show, but I wasn't actually watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> I got go back and sit down and look at the stuff that we were doing. And I was like, man, I missed a lot of information because mm-hmm. I was either busy writing down news about like, like dates and like what was coming to game pass and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I got to actually just kind of sit back and relax and watch the show naturally, mm-hmm. I was like, man, there's a lot of good stuff in here. It looks great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, as you know, I did, I took handwritten notes for summer game fest. I did the exact same for the Xbox game <laughs> showcase uh, you took digital notes, I believe. And then, of course, we had a number of write-ups all over the web. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm excited to go back and watch some of the trailers in 4K. Some of them. Oh, look at you. Okay. Handwritten. I went, I went physical, too. There we go. I like it. Um, but, yeah, I I, I got to tell you, man, this was a great showcase. I enjoyed PlayStation Showcase. Gave that a B. Summer Game Fest didn't quite do it for me. I gave that a C. Right now, a touch of recency bias, but I'm at the B plus A minus category for this at showcase. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I like if I had to give it like a full letter grade, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I would have to give it an A um, because it definitely exceeded my expectations uh, from what we saw. If I was doing like half points, I would probably give it like a B plus um, mm-hmm. just because I think there there were a couple couple things that I would have liked to have seen that I didn't get to see um, sure. with the content that we were shown, not necessarily like what we didn't see, because obviously if we didn't see it, then there's a good reason for it. But what we did, I think I would have liked to have seen a couple different shifts in in things. But honestly, it's that that's like it's like nitpicking at mm-hmm. that point. And it's like, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with what we got. Yeah, me too. Me too. And we've got a number of uh, listener reactions. A lot of people wrote in in a short amount of time, both over on Discord and on Twitter to let us know their thoughts. We're going to be reading some of those. But first, Logan, we have to do our Patreon shout outs. We are able to do all this podcasting thanks to the good people at Patreon. Uh, or rather, I should say the good people supporting us on Patreon. You over at Keohald, uh, me at patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Uh, and we are so grateful. It helps us look and sound better each week. So thank you so much. Uh, Logan, our tier two and three shout outs. I believe, good sir, it is your turn to read the tier two and three shout outs. And I'm going to attempt to follow with you. Sounds good. All right, folks, don't forget, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Xbox expansion pass. If you'd like to sign up, get your name in here, help support Luke, help him get that uh, last tier three uh one that we can get him to be able to eat that double down that is that is the goal he's at nine we need 10 tier three subs to or uh, to patreon members to be able to get him kevin is going to get him because they don't offer it anymore but he's going to get he's going to go to kfc he's going to get what it, what is required to make a double down mm-hmm. he will frankenstein this ugly thing mm-hmm. and luke will have to eat it and that will be recorded so i'm sure it'll be very fun but for now we will call out all of our tier two and tier three fans and supporters. So thank you to Robbie Bobby Miller, Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, African, aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Zach Le Couture, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, 
Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, Matt Without Fear, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much for your love, for your support. We're going to get uh, that last patron eventually so that Luke will eat that thing. And eventually, one of these days, he's actually going to take this money and buy a second monitor. He will be, it's going to be fantastic. He's not going to know what to do with all that real estate. It might be scary to find out what's on that second monitor. We'll just have to wait and see. But as we are moving on, Luke, this showcase was absolutely fantastic. Uh, But even before that, or I guess after that, technically, we got a little bit of an Xbox wire that dove into some of the, the really interesting, like, remember back in the day when they did E3 and they would have like the CEO come out on stage and they'd be like, this has been a great year for us and gaming. Mm-hmm. Here are the numbers that we're going to be looking forward to over the last year for the like, that's all old news. We don't care about that. Nobody cares about that anymore, but they still put out that information. We got a really good Xbox wire from, I think it was uh, uh, Scrubbles this, mm-hmm. that wrote this one up uh, that gave us some new interesting data uh, in regards to Xbox. Yeah, no, it, it was cool to see this come out kind of after the show. I'm glad they didn't put it in the show because they used to do that at like E3 presentations. But uh, Sarah Bond and Phil Spencer kind of uh, kind of addressed a, a closed door media account and then Xbox where I put out some stuff. Um, some cool numbers here. 46% year over year increase to PC Game Pass players. That's big considering, yeah. uh, forgive the term, market penetration and Xbox trying to spread its brand. And that PC Ooh, market we- can be difficult to to get into right you got Epic, you got steam yep yep yeah. there it is <laughs> they are closer than ever to their goal of reaching four first party titles per year matt booty spoke on that one uh saying they're about around the corner or they're just about to round that corner uh and if you look back at the last year they've, they've kind of done that with age of empires hi-fi rush redfall starfield like minecraft legends they're doing pretty well uh, in that yeah. category uh, Xbox has shipped 10 games with 10 million plus players each in the last five years. That's pretty darn impressive, Logan. When you think about, you know, Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon 5, uh, Grounded, Minecraft Legends, etc. Like 10 of the games they put out in the last five years are at 10 million plus. That's pretty darn crazy. Uh, I'd be interested to break down kind of what was a Bethesda title prior to what was a live service, what wasn't. I think that'd be interesting. Uh, they broke multiple records for monthly active users and devices. First party games now have 150 million plus monthly users. Logan, to me, that's a a padded stat in some ways, but nonetheless impressive when you think about Sea of Thieves, Grounded, Flight Sim, all the different games that they have that engage a player base. 150 million plus on a monthly basis is nothing to nothing to uh, you know scoff at. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that speaks to me about this is the 10 games with 10 million players in the last for each uh, game in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it tells me that if we're looking at Game Pass and we know that they've got roughly 30 to 40 million Game Pass users, mm-hmm. um, that you're getting at least 10 uh, percent, you know, or, or you know, 10 percent market penetration there as far as uh, like people downloading and and playing the games that Xbox is shipping. They're engaging with the content. Uh, obviously, I think 
them not showing the actual game pass usage or or the monthly increase uh for for normal game pass ultimate is kind of an interesting uh key factor that we didn't get to talk about mm-hmm. um them saying that the that the pc game pass year over year has increased is a good way to indicate that people are starting to understand that there's a, a, a pc aspect to game pass you don't necessarily need to have a console to be able to enjoy game pass and seeing that in conjunction with the uh nvidia geforce now news uh mm-hmm. about being able to play a, a select number of games through game pass or geforce now mm-hmm. fantastic way to kind of uh, uh kick off like some some positive news that you're going to be able to access xbox content across multiple platforms uh regardless if it's cloud-based if it's uh hardware based you know you just you have that access now and it's it's nice to see that people are engaging with it something that was uh also noted was that phil spencer in the same kind of you know addressing of the closed door press event uh xbox is now doing more than 1 billion in pc 1 billion dollars of pc revenue and has more than double the players that it had during the 360 era, which I think is pretty darn cool. Uh, Sarah Bond also talked about how PC Game Pass is, is up to a total of 86 markets. Pretty darn neat. And uh, 5,000 creators in over 100 countries uh, are now part of the ID at Xbox program at various points, which is pretty darn cool, uh, all things considered. Um, it's nice to see this kind of stat stuff come out. I'm glad they didn't do it during the show. I'm glad that wasn't the talking point, but it's also, I think, important that you and I address it kind of ahead of everything because it's neat, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, and to, to speak to what we were talking about, like Sarah Bond and Phil Spencer, that was it as far as talking heads on this showcase. Like mm-hmm. Sarah opened it after we got a, a cold open with a bunch of games announced, mm-hmm. talked about how the community is so important. Phil Spencer coming in at the end to give a, a recap on everything that was shown over the last hour, like that, that they kept it nice and tight. And, and that is exactly what I think a lot of us appreciate. We love knowing that you're there and that you're, you're wanting to communicate with us, mm-hmm. uh, but keep it, keep it focused in on the games. Let us see what the games are. Let us see when the games are coming, mm-hmm. how we can access them. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily want to know, like what movies or shows are coming out related to these IPs that can that can be a press release later on or a trailer dropped by another company, you know. Mm-hmm. Let that kind of live there. Let me know what I'm going to get to play on Game Pass day one. That's what I care about. Yeah, big time. And uh, in short, it feels it feels good right now. Like I feel like people are excited about Xbox, and as an Xbox creator, as somebody who is a fan of Xbox, as someone who enjoys. Uh, the brand, it's nice to feel people feeling good. And I think that leads us to why they are. And yeah. uh, they opened the show extremely well. You and I both predicted uh, accurately, I might add, that Fable would open the show. And it did. And I think it, I think it did so very well. Uh, we got to see Fable for the first time in a while. I think there are some critiques you can offer here, but I want to make sure we kind of Stay focused. Eye on the prize here. Opening with Fable, I thought was a strong move. It was in-game footage, uh, a bit heavy on CG, but no date, uh, no date included. Correct? Yeah, yeah. We do know it's coming. Ga- uh, day one Game Pass. Um, Richard Ayawadi is one of my favorite British comedians. Um, I love the IT cloud or crowd uh, show. I love like his traveling show that he's done in the past and stuff. 
And having his kind of humor tied to Fable is a good sign for fans of Fable because you're going to know that it's going to be deeply rooted in British humor, very much like the original uh, studio was and, and the content that they built for those games. They they definitely knew the source material. They did their homework. And this game looked like, I mean, I was watching werewolves on top of rooftops, like you're battling other other people. You're, you're you know, stealing grogs in, in a tavern and stuff and dealing with giants it was it was great it was really really fun i'm i'm so looking forward to what this game is going to turn out to be because as far as like looks go this was all in game it looks great it looks amazing playground is doing a great job with it i'm i'm super excited to see like what the actual gameplay loop and 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 like how the hud is going to look because those are HUD surprisingly is very important. UIM elements to me make or break a game. I'm very mm-hmm. particular about those. So seeing that, I think will make uh, a lot of impact on how we feel about Fable in the future. But for right now, knowing that this has no date uh, says that it's probably going to be probably like twenty late 2024, late 2025 at the earliest yeah. uh, is my guess. But I'm I'm so excited that I think I think we really. We wanted to see like what this what the feeling of this was going to be and this this really set it out i think this is going to be a, a fantastic game for xbox agree i think this is a q that's a q1 q2 2025 game mm, um, yeah you know may, i think they probably would like it to be holiday 2024 um but they can move some stuff around if need be at least that's what it felt like in watching this um something i really enjoyed about the fable trailer as well as the one that followed uh was the sense of scale Right. They mm-hmm. showed you, you know, your character and then it's it's revealed that the character talking, the comedian you spoke of is a giant. And then what looks to be your character, the one you play as uh, is a normal sized person, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and it's this Jack and the Beanstalk illusion. Uh, it was it was really neat to see the sense of scale happen in Fable. And I feel like they nailed the humor. You had a chicken that just got punted into the distance. <laughs> uh the trailer looked great. I'm really excited for Fable. I yeah. am not a Fable fan. I've never played through a Fable, but seeing this, feeling the excitement of others, knowing the the pressure that's on Playground and knowing that it's Playground themselves, I'm excited for Fable. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'll definitely be a good game. I think they're really confident on what they want to do with it mm-hmm. just based on the the direction and style of the trailer that we saw. Mhm. Now, I will say, Logan, I was surprised to see Compulsion's game. Pleasantly surprised, but still surprised nonetheless. Uh, the, the second game of the showcase was South of Midnight, which is made by Compulsion. Very unique art style. I hesitate to even describe it because I don't know. It's not quite claymation, but there's uh, like a frame effect that they're doing there. It was really neat to see. And then like you're in this swamp. The protagonist was wielding lightning powers. There's magical elements. I was impressed by South of Midnight. I even put it in our thumbnail for this episode. Uh, But I'm very curious about what it truly is. Yeah. Yeah. South of Midnight uh, opens up with um, a a zombie, a guy that is effectively a zombie. He's playing a, a, a guitar and you don't really get an idea of the scale of things until you see the main character, a woman that comes out of out of nowhere, seemingly starting to ask ask about getting a return on a favor that's owed to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the style is um, 
very much of Kubo in the Two Strings, uh, which is a, a fantastic movie if you guys ever get a chance to to sit down and watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just uh, like being able to to see that like uh, Focus Features does uh, or not Focus Features um, Leica, I think is the name of the uh, the production company that does those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they have like a very specific style. It is a stop motion um style very much like kubo and the two strings uh and this was just it was one of those ones where i i was watching it and i was like man this is a game like this wasn't stop motion but they nailed the stop motion aspect Mm -hmm. that that lets you feel like oh yeah i could i could totally see them this being an entire like stop motion game uh but i'm pretty sure that it's it's not but it, it, it there's not a whole lot of info is like what kind of game you're going to be doing either. It was it was a really neat neat I should say juxtaposition in that it was a very gothic but also set in the deep south, American deep south I should say. So seeing yeah. that very macabre atmosphere kind of get blended with the the zombie that's playing that southern, you know, it, it's a guitar but it sounds uh you know, it sounds just that Southern twang is in there. And then to see Hazel kind of walking through the swamp and say she wants to be uh, a weaver, which is like this, you know, magic bender, essentially. It'll be really neat to see them kind of explore this mythos and area. Um, yeah. Both the, la- the last two games Compulsion has made, Contrast and We Happy Few, are very, very stylistic and, and a lot of love poured into their art and design. Mm-hmm. And it might sound like a stretch, but... When I saw South of Midnight, I got Hi-Fi Rush vibes in that it's extremely artistic, clearly made with a ton of love uh, and probably not going to be a massive adventure. Uh, at least the vibe that I get is that it's going to be kind of on that that mid to short range. And if it's a six to 10 hour game, I'm in. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. When you mentioned the weaving aspect and. I could be wrong, but I, I could have swore that I saw like little um, uh, 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 spindles on her, like like spindles in a, a bandolier as if they were bullets. And That's when cool. she kind of pulled out one of the little spindles, it kind of wo- wove a, a magic yarn or a thread. And it kind of reminded me of Ghostwire Tokyo where you have like the strings that you can kind of mm-hmm. twist and pull and stuff. So be very curious to see how they do that because... Uh, I, I think there's going to be a little a little bit of play on words as far as like spinning a thread or telling a story mm-hmm. uh, with weaving a magic uh, spell, things like that. Like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, 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 fancy words that, that I think they'll be able to throw in here to uh, describe the game. The reviews will be very interesting, I'm sure. Agreed. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of puns for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was neat to see them, you know, open up two first party titles. And by the way, a lot of first party was shown in this in this uh, showcase in general. So I was excited. Yeah. But then the third game was a Star Wars game and not just any Star Wars game, like a high profile Star Wars game in Star Wars Outlaws uh, set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, you're playing an outlaw. We we saw this is the one from Massive Entertainment, by the way. Um, it's a CG trailer. So you got to factor that in. Uh, you're going to see more on the day after we're recording this, but at the Ubisoft Ford. But man, oh man, to get Star Wars and it be like not a mobile game, not a small thing. This was a this is going to be a big game. It's coming out in 2024. 
yeah. that was a big get for Xbox, I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, I and 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 Ubisoft has had a a, a good run of of like Star Wars titles, so it's or not uh, Ubisoft, sorry, EA um, mm-hmm. has had one, so it's nice to see Ubisoft jumping into this with their mm-hmm. own one and seeing the quality that's coming in. Um, you get to play as uh, K who is uh, going to attempt one of the biggest heights, uh, heists in the Outer Realm or Rim. Um, she's accompanied by her, her little animal companion, Nyx, uh, along with a trench coat wearing BX commander droid, which if you've played Survivor, you definitely fight some of those. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to see some of these um, uh, older style uh, 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 droids being repurposed and uh, given freedom in that sense. Um, so it's just really amazing to see just the quality and and what's going to become of this um it looks like it's a combination of traversing different planets to do different quests uh but also having a lot of space battle uh tied to you know ship to ship combat so i i just love where star wars is at right now with video games i think they've they're doing a fantastic job of that and i think a lot of companies are starting to realize like it's okay to tell stories that don't involve um jedi as well as as ones that do and Mm -hmm. and not be afraid to to kind of touch into those areas kind of like how uh mandalorian steps away from jedis and does a fantastic job of telling stories in star wars that don't have to be tied to skywalker yeah no i i agree um i'm really stoked to see kind of what happens with this one like i'm worried it's an mmo but I don't think it is. Um, nah. They're calling it in the descriptions the first ever open world Star Wars game, which, you know, I was like, eh, it's, you know, Jedi Survivor is pretty open, but but be that as it may, um, Outlaws, the CG trailer really seems to touch on a great vision and hopefully uh, the gameplay matches that vision. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely curious why they are so leaning heavy onto the open world aspect of that. Will we be dealing with multiple factions? Are there going to be uh, different planets that we have to to try and deal with uh, to to try and get things done? Because Survivor feels pretty open. Um, like there's there's a few mm-hmm. different planets that you go to. It's kind of a, a you know you're still you're definitely playing through a story, and I imagine that this is also the same case. So how you know how open can it really be if if most of your what you're doing is going to be pushing from point to point to point to further the story mm-hmm. yep agreed uh the next one we saw was a, a, definitely a smaller title i hesitate to say indie because i don't think that's uh, no i'd say indie. Can, so yeah but but not in yeah. a diminutive way right no no uh, but i would i would definitely classify thunder lotus as an indie studio yeah okay cool 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 um 33 immortals is the name of their game it's a co-op action roguelite which yeah. roguelike which you know i i opted out on but i really liked the art style uh the the gimmick of this one is pretty interesting though uh 33 players in co-op pick up and raid and matchmake uh with yeah. that curious what that means this doesn't look like it's a game i'm playing uh, but I know a lot of our community is excited for it. And I, I know that the art style just looks stunning. Yeah, I I'm very excited to see how people come across because I think Thunder Lotus is a great developer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they've done a, a great job with um, Spirit Fair and to see them tackle this, it definitely feels like they 
and, and it makes me wonder, like, what were they playing that they decided that they wanted to jump into this? And then how did they kind of narrow in on the number of people that can co-op on this? Like, why 33? Why not 25? Why not 20? Uh, why not 10? Um, so it, it's it's interesting. I I don't know that it, it, it was compelling enough for me to want to jump into, but uh, after Spirit Fair, I have full confidence that Thunder Lotus is going to to release a great game uh, with this, and and with it being in 2024 and coming to Game Pass, it's it's hard not to want to jump in. It's already going to have uh, a, a welcome community of indie fans on Game Pass to be able to jump in there and have fun, support it. Yep, fully agree. Um, that's one of Game Pass's strengths, I think, is is showcasing uh, indie titles. The next next one was Payday 3. Uh, doesn't move a needle for me, but I know people were excited about it. But it was the one after that that we knew about. And yet, I think it was pretty darn cool because it kicked off this kind of steady stream of Persona-esque announcements throughout the course of the show. But uh, officially announced, despite the leak, uh, Persona 3 Reloaded uh, is coming in early 2024. It will be a day one Game Pass game. Logan, I think this is great. It's nice to see Atlas and Xbox getting along so well. This was one of several Persona uh, and Atlas announcements in the show. Uh, big get, I think, for Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, and and it just goes to to show that the that the relationship with uh, uh, Japanese developers and publishers is still going strong. We saw that continued on throughout the rest of the showcase, and yeah, it's a, it's a bummer, man. It, it it sucks when things like this get spoiled. Um, even before uh, we before this showing, I was seeing a bunch of um, spoilers for like Starfield stuff uh, mm -hmm. with like the controller, the headset, there's a, a, a Seagate drive that's supposedly coming out. And there were some things that didn't leak and some things that did. This was one of those things with the, with the leak. It was cool that it's happening, but it would have, it would have hit so hard for Persona fans if it hadn't been leaked prior. And unfortunately it was one of those things where it's like, because we knew that it was already coming it was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's not our bag, but I think we would have been more excited had we not known about it. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the name of the game. That's the nature of these kind of things. But yeah. uh, in general, to see Persona 3 Reloaded there, to know that that community is stoked for it, and to know that Xbox can be a place for Persona fans, that's the cool part. And day one Game Pass, too. That's yeah. the it, a new game from atlas day one game pass that does not happen this is a this is a whole new world for us now and not the only new game from atlas which we'll, we'll touch mm -hmm. on in a bit um i was really excited and this was one that um uh, i'll tip my hat to the three people that paid attention i uh i correctly predicted that avowed would be kind of one of the middle tent poles tent poles fable open with fable have yeah. avowed sort of in the middle uh of the announcements it was early you know it was still early in the show but i really like how avowed is looking it looks to me like they've abandoned that hyper realistic uh visual set in favor of a more stylized artistic set but it still looked really good and i dig it i was watching i watched it after the show in 4k and mm. that, that game looks a lot better than i thought it did so like i'm watching the stream i was like this is cool i like what they've done here um, but 
in watching the the 4K version, I was like, mm, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm here for this. Uh, Avowed, looking good. 2024, obviously it's Game Pass. Um, in-game engine stuff and cinematic. I, I, dug, I was there. I was there for it. The thing that I love about this is the environments remind me a lot of uh outer worlds but Mm -hmm. more fantasy as opposed to more space Mm -hmm. um and i love outer worlds i think outer worlds is one of my favorite games from obsidian um that they've done and i and i really like uh grounded like i think grounded is a fantastic one the change in style i think is the thing that was is the most shocking to most folks Mm -hmm. but to be perfectly honest if you can eke out better performance and uh, uh, have a more timeless look mm-hmm. or, or maybe d- dive a little bit deeper into, you know, kind of the artistic style that you want yep. um, by changing this up. I think it's completely fine. I think we'll, we'll still enjoy it regardless. Uh, the facial animation looked great from the green guy that was talking to us. Uh, mm-hmm. The colors are, are vibrant, which was yes. really cool. And that's, that's kind of what I like in fantasy games. You know, if you, if you go to, um, like Diablo is is very muted in its tones, uh, mm-hmm. but that that gameplay loop holds and it fits with the style of what uh, traditional Diablo is. But I still love Diablo three, and in looking at this uh, compared to like Elden Ring or something, I'm like, you know, honestly, I just I love the colors with uh, this with Avowed more than than what I I like of Elden Ring. So I, I'm willing to yeah. Go ahead, jump in. Well, no, I I would say you I agree. I agree. The colors play a big part. That vibrancy, yeah. I think, allows the game to be more marketable. Um, mm-hmm. I know that sounds a little bit silly, but it is, to your point, very timeless when you have a cartoon. Cartoon style is not a fair way to put it um, because it says somewhere between like Assassin's Creed Mirage and Sea of Thieves. Like it's somewhere in between that. Right. Yeah. Um, but. I really like what they've done with these bright colors. I think this would play really well if you kind of rolled it at a movie theater. Uh, if you rolled it after a, like a kid's show, right? You rolled this on uh, a Nickelodeon or a CW or a place where you know a younger audience is. There's a look to this that is appealing. Um, and it doesn't need to compete now with like Elder Scrolls. It doesn't need to compete with Assassin's Creed Mirage or whatnot. It can be its own thing. And I think yeah. that's going to be its saving grace. And um, I kind of like the idea. There's a plague going over the land and you got to stop it. And you see this first person combat. Um, it's cool. I This is not going to transition to third person combat, is it? No, I think it's going to be first person. Um, is I, is I, Fable third and first? You could do both in Fable, right? I think I know you could do third. I don't I don't think I I don't remember anything to being able to change over to first. If they I if I do, I'm Starfield. forgetting about it. They said that you could do that in Starfield, but I feel like yeah. I'm mixing it with another game in my head too. Um, but either way, man, avowed. I, I yeah. And yeah. the thing the thing that I think is gonna be fantastic about this too is that Obsidian are are RPG gods when it comes to making games. Like they know how to make an action RPG. Uh, they've learned a lot from the team that was working on Outer Worlds. I know that the team is working on Outer Worlds 2 right now. And the the Avowed team, the, the Avowed team is going to uh, make this as close to a new version of an Elder Scrolls game as you're possibly going to get. You're going to have all of the hooks that you would with an Elder, Elder, uh, uh, no, Elden Ring. No, mm-hmm. 
what is the name of it? Elder Scrolls? <laughs> Elder Scrolls. Thank you. Yeah. God, I'm mixing. Y'all got to get out of the Elder stuff, man. Um, but I love, I love the fact that they are making, they're paving the way right now. They're saying like, look, Avowed is going to be in this lane and they're going to stay in this lane. So if uh, the next um, Elder Scrolls comes out six after Starfield, uh, then it can be its hyper realistic version. It can be, you know, the, the sequel to, to Skyrim or, you know, it can be the, the thing that everyone wants from, um, the, the MMO that's out there, you know, and it can stay in that lane and you don't have to have two Microsoft companies, butting heads, trying to sell you the same game because aesthetically, at least they're going to look different story-wise. They'll always be different, but aesthetically, at least you're not going to have these two, uh, two games that are looking exactly the same, very much in the same way that, you know, certain over the shoulder third person action games tend to start all looking the same because it's just a different flavor of those. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see how this, how this comes out. I was really surprised that we were going to get another trailer of it as well, too, because I actually thought this game was going to be further out um than 2024 so i'll be very curious to find out like when in 2024 they're hoping to get this done agreed um yeah the timing i think will likely depend for you've got a vowed you've got hellblade you've got potentially fable uh potentially uh some of these other smaller titles we know that there are a few other uh, games that are in consideration that we don't know about uh it'll be curious to know where avowed lands in 2024 if it is able to maintain its dates uh, for yeah. sure. Now, Logan, I said specifically prior to the show, Sea of Thieves had no business being in the showcase proper for a spotlight unless they were doing some sort of Jack Sparrow esque level expansion. Um, I, I think Sea of Thieves managed to pull it out. I don't. I'm not a Monkey Island fan, the yeah. way so many people are, and I know a lot of people in the Sea of Thieves community uh, are. And yet, this trailer spoke to me. I am here for it, and I would like for you to wax poetic uh, for just a moment. And shout out to Keelhaul Podcast, by the way, if you guys are listening. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the patrons of Keelhaul. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on XCP today. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I gotta say, man, like we've been we've been ha- we've had a little bit of a dearth of of content as of late. Like we've had a mystery going on, which is just you know killing our brains as far as how to figure it out. Uh, but we haven't had any adventures. Um, the last adventure that we had was like at the beginning of the year. We've been sitting around waiting for the, the finale to that. But we've also seen uh, on the precipice a brand new uh, adventure that we don't know when it's going to be coming out. It looks like that hopefully will hold for a couple weeks. But then we had like an extension to the season. So we've got eight weeks till the next season. And to be perfectly honest, uh, like we, we, we've been waiting, we've been we've been waiting with bated breath, hoping that there was going to be something big. Uh, there was a lot of questions as far as like uh, Mike Chapman, who's the creative director, looking to kind of gauge whether or not Monkey Island would be a big enough IP for see if these fans to be interested in. And do they think that Monkey Island has any relevance? Then we got uh, the, the most recent return to Monkey Island game. Uh, where you get to actually um, go through a brand new story, which was fantastic. Um, really good game. I still need to go and figure out how to finish it because I'm just uh, a big dum-dum. And uh, I, I just I have to look up a guide to be able to fix it, fi- finish, or finish that game. But 
I've been seeing Mike play through like the 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 past games and stuff, and I was like, it seems very suspicious that before Sea of Thieves is about to announce and some something at, at and and their cinematics teams have been very quiet too, but they're going to Legend of Monkey Island. I gotta I just gotta skip past all this. They're going to Monkey Island. Um, this is going to be a three or a three tall tale adventure kicks off at the end of july they're going to be um releasing a, each tall tale each new month uh so august will have one and then september uh and then we'll probably get um like it, it'll probably kick off with season 10 and i'm just i'm so looking forward to this because monkey island games are really fun they're great puzzles they're great kind of brain busters for you to go try and figure out how to combine items and who to talk to and figure out like what you got to do. And at the heart of Sea of Thieves, that's what a lot of like the riddles and the tall tales are. So getting to see like an original story from Monkey Island, from Lucasfilms with the original cast of uh, voice actors, all put into Sea of Thieves as a permanent expansion to the game, all for free, man, it's just... It's it's exactly what uh, Sea of Thieves fans were hoping for outside of like Flameheart. Like that's and 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 we've had confirmation that Flameheart's going to relate to this. We don't know how, but uh, we we know that they're still planning on telling that story as well. So just super excited about all of this, and and I'm looking forward to talking more about it uh, later tonight when I record for Keel Hall. Very cool. I you know I love Sea of Thieves. I'm. I'm the guy that's like, what, 900 plus hours in and your community scoffed at me. You were like rookie numbers. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, you're not really a pirate unless you have over 3000 hours. Oh, God, I got to do better. Um, <laughs> but see if these is such a fantastic game. And I would argue for anyone uh, listening that may be in doubt, I would argue day in, day out that uh, see if these is Microsoft's best uh, exclusive at the moment. Absolutely yeah. best exclusive, easily. It's, it's definitely the one that a lot of folks love to dive into. The popularity of the game has continued to grow over the years. I still can't believe people care about this game that I that I was excited for back in 2018. It's it's the, the devs love it. I'm super excited to see like how this all plays out. I'm looking forward to the two uh, Sea of Thieves festivals that I'm going to later this month and in the beginning of July. It's going to be mm. fantastic, um, which I, I need to talk to you about as well, too, because <laughs> I'm going to be gone for a while. Oh, OK, cool. We'll make it work. Uh, so but yeah, I I can't wait. I'm I'm so excited for this. I think it's going to be fantastic and uh, uh, definitely a worthy enough um, kind of IP to grab for mm -hmm. game fans especially given like the the history with lucasfilms and stuff and having a lot of those games a lot of their games available on game pass plus like monkey island coming to game pass and stuff just dude man i'm amazing really glad to see it even if it's not even for everyone it's just mm -hmm. cool that they that they're able to have something that cool for for like nostalgic reasons big time uh xbox followed sea of thieves by showcasing uh, a new flight, Microsoft Flight Simulator game, but it was interesting yeah. the way they worded it. It is a new game, not an expansion to Flight Sim. Yeah. Uh, I really was impressed by the trailer, even though I don't plan on playing this. Uh, cool to see that they're using that tech in the best ways. Uh, you have kind of new options of ways that you can go around and put out fires by flying your helicopter or plane over different fires by going... Uh, moving cargo around oil platforms in different locations. 
there's things to do in the world apart from just fly. And that's cool. Um, they've also done a partnership with Dune with the Dune helicopter coming to flight sim uh, on November 3rd, I want to say, as part of the second yep. film. Uh, so that's pretty darn cool, all things considered, but but not for me. I felt like this was a nice catch your breath moment in the show. Yeah, they there was definitely uh, a moment where they wanted to update you on like existing stuff. Um, I think they could have done a better job establishing that this was a new game. Uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to an expansion to Microsoft, especially given that the Dune helicopter thing that I can never remember the name of uh, is going to be coming to the the currently released Microsoft Flight Simulator. Mm -hmm. um, I think you said it best as far as them kind of gamifying uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator to give mm -hmm. things, because any, anyone that's a Flight Sim fan is going to enjoy the the details that go into the the sim aspect of this, but we don't have a Microsoft Flight Simulator Horizon franchise to kind of like have fun with flying the way we do with racing when it comes to Forza Horizon. This feels like they're kind of stepping into that into that uh, kind of Venn diagram of of simulation and arcade games um, coming together, you know. And and I right. think that this will be kind of cool coming twenty twenty four at some time. A uh, lot of 2024 this uh, this showcase. Now that I'm looking at look back on it, well, I I know I had said prior to the show is that I wanted to see everything within uh, 2023 2024. Don't show me a lot of 2025, and I don't think they did uh, mm -hmm. for the most part. For the most part, yeah, uh, it was it was what followed the Microsoft Flight Sim stuff that I got so excited for. And that was, I think, one that we've all been waiting for coming in 2024. Obviously, it's day one Game Pass, but uh, Hellblade 2, super stoked. This trailer was incredible. If you have not gone to watch this trailer with your headphones on, you absolutely need to. They used uh, spatial sound in ways that was just stunning for a trailer. The visuals were incredible. I don't know if this is Xbox's God of War, but it certainly is going to be a showcase piece that is uh, going to be talked about amongst the greats of this generation. Hellblade just oozes that quality. Uh, and without a doubt, the expectations are on it because they showcased the Series X at the Game Awards in 2019 and said like, hey, this is it. And we were in. We haven't seen much since. We got some updates, a couple of, uh, couple months ago it all looked good in hearing this trailer logan i'm oh we're gonna be eating good <laughs> had to get one in there i it does it seem surprising to you that the the comments made during the showcase was that uh they'd finished filming all of the cinematics that they need for or all the footage that they need for the cinematics for this uh but they are targeting 2024 um like early 2024 is kind of what i was getting the impression of like i'm i'm kind of curious like when in 2024 uh that they're going to be doing this but yeah the the trailer itself um because I, I was watching back kind of trying to kind of take notes on uh what was like in-game footage versus cinematics and kind of differentiating the di the difference there this was all shot in game um and the the detail that they have with the world shifting with the uh the walls moving and stuff like that it's not something that I see 
really happen in games i can't i can't think of any any time because it it was like straight out of like dr strange and 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 uh shifting between the verses and stuff like they they were moving and rolling things in the background that i was like man this is this is not a cg trailer this is like a not like a pre-rendered thing this is all shot in game uh which if that's the case like they're doing some weird stuff with this which looks fantastic so i'll be very curious to see like how much of that actually translates to the game and when they actually plan on having this game come out. Agreed. I, I still say Q1, Q2 of 2024 is the right time to do this one. Let yeah. Starfield have its time. Uh, surely some of these October release dates, September release dates are going to slip into Q2, Q1 of 2024, mm. but Hellblade doesn't need to move for anybody. You could put this on the same day as Spider-Man and it would stand on its own. And I don't mean like do better or anything, but I mean like it wouldn't get drowned out. Um, yeah. It's just that kind of a title. So I'm really anxious to see what they bring up. But but Q1, Q2 seems to be the right fit for 2024. If you've got Hellblade, you've got Avowed, you've got Fable in 2024, that's a great year. And it, Fable yeah. is speculative on my part, um, but surely you're going to have some smaller titles from Xbox first party, the Hi-Fi Rush, the Pentiment size, type stuff drop in 2024 also yeah yeah definitely uh following hellblade yakuza like a dragon uh infinite wealth showcased i think people were really excited about that one we actually had a comment from uh, a couple listeners on this one i know famous Seamus was really excited for this one he said uh, wow i can see the appeal of these games i don't know if he's referring to like the comedic nature of the guy uh walking on the beach uh naked not realizing he was i don't know if that's what he's referring to but it definitely was a humorous trailer for sure um i know like a dragon is really taken off people really dig yakuza this is yet another example of uh japanese style games making its way onto the xbox platform and yakuza's done a great job of that um, yeah i think people yeah. are, are really in on this one um it's not it's not a it's not a loop game not a loop game <laughs> but it looked good like cool it's you know yeah, I like a dragon. Um, I'm glad that they're furthering this style of game. I think uh, uh, the past Yakuza's are definitely uh, ones to drop into, but this one kind of the turn-based uh, mechanic and having it being in a different place is very interesting. Having it take place in a place that looks like uh, like maybe Malibu or LA, um, you know, definitely a, a, a cultural shock for the franchise, maybe um, a venture into a realm that they're, they don't traditionally, because usually Yakuza is like always in the same locations. Uh, but this one, early 2024, no game pass on this one and definitely multi-platform. Um, so kind of curious to see how, like, like how this is going to resonate with other folks, um, given that pretty much every other Yakuza game is available on game pass. Yes, no, I agree. I apologize. I was typing for just a moment and I had that mechanical halo keyboard. It's so loud. <laughs> it's so loud. So like I can't like type to look up something uh, without muting. So sorry. About You're that. ridiculous. It's fine. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, uh, let's see. I got to scroll back up here. Oh, after Yakuza, we saw Fallout 76 Atlantic City. I thought that was fine. It's more Fallout, but it was the Capcom game after fallout 76 that i was stoked for uh and that was path of the goddess capcom cannot miss lately in my opinion logan uh yeah. we watched this trailer it's day one game pass which is big just like exo primal this is a capcom game dropping into game pass pretty darn cool but no date here um the art style was inspired clearly by japanese horror 
If you've played Ghostwire Tokyo, some of these creatures will look very familiar, as will some of the environments. But we weren't sure at first if this was a horror title, an action title, or what. But it's a new IP. It looks and has the the vibes of Omni Musha, uh, which is cool. We think it's a co-op title. We didn't quite get confirmation there, but it's definitely third-person hack and slash. And given my enjoyment of Ghostwire and that uh, kind of like cultural vibe of the, the Japanese horror style mixed with Capcom's talent and the, the vibrant look of this. I'm trying this. It's on game pass. I'm trying this. D- yeah, dude, tell me, tell me like, you're going to not try out a Capcom game at this moment. Like Capcom yeah. street fighter six has done great. Resident evil Four remake is fantastic. Like uh, the, the monster hunter series is still going very strong for those fans. Path of goddess is <laughs> uh, dude. I don't know about you. I, I played a lot of Onomusha like back in the PlayStation 2 days. Like those games were fun. They were so much fun. This looks like it is calling back to that, but just it the vibrance and the design of it, the the mm-hmm. the creative direction that they're going with this is so cool. They've done such a good job with it. I it it, it it's it's unsettling is what it is. Uh, but I like the idea of having something that is like demonically corrupted mm-hmm. and using like mother nature to heal the wounds uh, that are that are currently corrupted. Dude, it, it, it calls back to what a lot of Japanese developers do with their games, uh, uh, trying to rebuild nature, trying to, to trust in, in the, the, you know, like the, the kind of like Zelda does this a lot right now, especially with Tears of the Kingdom. There's Mm -hmm. corruption in the world. You're trying to heal it. Um, Stuff like that is fantastic. I think they've done a great job uh, implementing a lot of the cultural touchstones of Japanese horror into this, Mm -hmm. um, especially with the creepy hands and the weird faces and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, you know, they have a lot of Yori gates uh, kind of Mm -hmm. around to kind of indicate like, you know, god, gods and goddesses being um, uh, in, in, in kind of homes for them there uh, that look like they've been corrupted by demons. So maybe that's the goal is you're kind of trying to, to to try and bring back um, the the ability to or like heal the wounds of uh, gods or goddesses that have been corrupted and turned into demons. So it just looks really interesting. And uh, if, if they've got a good story there and the gameplay is good. I think this will be a fantastic new IP for Capcom. It, it looks like they have a really strong direction just through the the art direction at, at, at the moment. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, they followed Path of Goddess with more Forza Motorsport. That game is going to be coming on October 10th, 2023. What? What's wrong? Why are you bothered by this? Because they, 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 they totally pushed back the date and didn't ever say anything, man. Like, that bugs me. Like... I know they've been saying like we haven't heard from it. It's been quiet. I was expecting, you know, like a, a good date close by. They said spring. They've been committed to spring for a very long time. They're saying October 10th now, which is awesome. I'm glad that they're doing that. But man, like this would have been great to have now. Like why why is it why did it get pushed back without any previous comment or or indication that 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 was happening? I'm surprised by your reaction. I'm just I'm, I'm bummed. I, Game developers don't owe us dates. We've talked no, no. about that before. You're usually no, in agreement. But it, it seems weird that there's been like, usually there's it, it, the communication 
which because I'm coming from a background with with rare rare is very open about a lot of stuff. So when they don't talk about something, that's when it kind of like it kind of hits weird because like mm-hmm. there's something weird going on. Like they just extended the season. They haven't said anything about why it's very uncharacteristic of them. A lot of companies put out like the delay JPEG. I like collecting them. We didn't get any delay JPEG for Forza. And, and if this was. If this was Starfield, if they had said like, okay, well, Starfield is due out in in September and then September came around uh, or, or like August came around and they had a showcase and they're like, all right, well, we're having a showcase for Starfield and it's launching November 11th, 2023. Everyone have been like, what happened to October? Why did it get de- like what? Like or, or September? Like, why did it get delayed? Like, it, like no one. No one like because I feel like because it's a Forza game, Mm -hmm. no one cares that it got delayed. Correct. And that's (laughs) that's why that's why like if you're taken aback by that, it's because (laughs) only only car people seem to care about the fact that it was supposed to come out in spring of 2023. They said nothing. This now locks the date in in October and everyone's okay with it because it's a Forza game. Correct. (laughs) I don't care. I'm like, oh, cool. But that's but it's it's a it's why. It's why people say, oh, well, Forza Horizon got snubbed at the Game Awards. It should have gotten Game of the Year. Well, it's a Forza game. Like, it's the same mentality. Like, why are we getting upset about Forza not getting its uh, roses at the Game Awards, but we don't care when Motorsport gets delayed uh, stealthily at, a, at the showcase? Like, there's a, a conflict of, 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 of two sides here that, that are buttoned up against each other. I appreciate your point. Um, and it's one that we need to explore on a later show. Okay. <laughs> True. Fair. For you sure. Got a lot to cover. But, but I will say, um, and this will sound contrary, but like this show was for gamers. Forza Motorsport is not for gamers. It's for racing sim fans. And while there's overlap, I don't think they're always the same. And I know that sounds contrary, <sighs> right? But I'm thinking about GT seven and engagement on GT seven. Uh, and, and, and we need to have this discussion. I do want to have this discussion. I just don't think it's, this is the time, but like, let's put a pin in this for real. Um, yeah. because I do think there's a, an interesting discussion to be had there. Um, I want to, there's two oh, people oh. in the, in the industry that I want to hear from, uh-huh. uh, Greg Seward, who's a, a huge racing sim fan. Shout out and, player one. Yep. Uh, yeah. From player one podcast and Ains, uh, over at, uh, season gaming. Ugly. Those are the two guys whose opinions I would love to hear. Uh, regarding like when this is coming out, if they had expectations on on uh, like when it was supposed to come out versus when it's not, if that bothers if it bothers them at all, I don't think it would bother Greg too much because I don't think he knew what the date was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ains, I'm curious to hear about though, but I definitely I think it's a very interesting discussion to have for future when we have more time. Yeah, and I don't think any of the hardcore gamers are going to be playing Forza Motorsport on October 10th. They're going to be playing Starfield and Spider Man and Alan Wake and. All the other stuff and the racing sim fans are in day one. Yeah, they'll be there October 10th. That's yeah, that's absolutely. for sure. And they'll, and they'll get it for day one Game Pass. And the fact that they brought in the new Corvette and the new Cadillac are, are awesome. I'm so glad that they got the E-Ray in there because it looks beautiful. It was shiny and had four wheels, y'all. Four <laughs> wheels. Get over the idea that we don't get four wheels anymore. Elder Scrolls uh, Online and Overwatch 2 were the next ones shown. And then it was the second atlas title persona 5 tactics coming to game pass on day one lots of people really excited about that one uh it was leaked 
which is kind of a bummer for those devs, but I still think the trailer hit well. Again, if you're into Persona and Atlas, rock on for you guys. I know Kevin Ainsworth is probably losing his mind. Shout out to him. Um, They followed the Persona 5 Tactics trailer with a Starfield trailer, which I thought was fine, but it felt like a I felt like the Starfield Direct in that, like, they kind of missed their showing mark. Um, but I'll, I'll explain that one. And I, yeah, uh, I sent you the DM on your notes there. Starfield is running at uh, 4K 30 on Series X, 1440p 30 Series S. It's locked in that case. Uh, Todd Howard did confirm that post Starfield Direct in multiple interviews, um, confirmed through IGN as well. Uh, so definitely something to look at there. We'll hold our talk on Starfield till we get to the end of this show. Um, Usant or Jusant? I don't know how to pronounce it. I feel strange saying it both ways because I don't want to disrespect Don't Nod, uh, who is an incredible publisher. But this was the rock climbing title uh, that looked really cool. Um, it's definitely not in its final like showings, but the trailer looked great, I thought. Uh, and then they followed up with uh, the Chinese Room developer uh, showed Still Wakes the Deep, which I thought was really cool. I think there everybody goes to the rapture. Everybody's gone to the rapture. I think it's the same developer there. Creepy. Uh, creepy, for sure. <laughs> uh, Game Pass Day 1 for Usant, for Still Wake the Deep. Uh, Game Pass Day 1 for the next game, which was Dungeons of Hindenburg, which was really stylized and interesting for an indie. Um, Two-person two but- developer team on that one. Husband-wife duo on that. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I like, I like when that happens. I need to have it on. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hey, quick aside, everybody. If you're listening and you're enjoying, uh, like and subscribe uh, drop a review over on iTunes, consider Patreon. But if you ever see a developer or a game that you want me to reach out to as far as having them on the show for our interviews, let me know um, that it's super helpful when I know what you guys want to hear from. Um, and I was told to drop these in these kind of like, hey, if you like XCP and need this from me, put them in mid show. So that's what I'm doing right now. Hopefully it helps. Um, let me know what you want to hear from who you want to hear from, because then I can work on it. Right. Yeah. Um, and Logan's doing some good interviews over on Keelhauled as well. And so I always want to support you with that, Logan. You know, you know what I used to do when I used to listen to, to podcasts on a regular basis is I'd have like a little scrap piece of paper. So anytime I would be listening to a podcast and there was like a, a thought or something that I had, I would always just kind of jot down the little comment. Mm-hmm. So if there was like if there was like a mid rail mid roll comment and I was like, oh, I got to remember to do I always have like a little piece of paper next to me that I'd write down and say like, oh, yeah, make sure I like subscribe, write review, things like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. And and that's a good bit of advice. I dig it. Now, what I would say was one of the highest points of the show. Keanu Reeves made his return. Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty expansion. We got the release date for this one, which is September 26th. Don't know who's going to be playing that next to Starfield, next to all the other stuff. Poor anybody that's trying to put out a game. And I'll I'll be there. Yeah, I've worded that poorly. (laughs) What I was trying to say was, I don't know how anyone's going to have time to play all these games. That's what I was trying to say. Yo, I am so excited for this one. Uh, so cool to see Keanu enjoying the role once again. Phantom Liberty. Uh, Idris Elba is in this one. This expansion looks amazing. This is Series S and X and PS5 PC exclusive. What I mean to say is it is this generation title. It will not work on your yeah. Xbox One or PS4. Um, I don't care. This looks amazing. I'm in no matter Dude, what. Dude, 
I'm so excited. I bought, uh, I don't know if you can see it on the camera or not, but I still got my, uh, my, my, um, Xbox one X, my cyberpunk 2077 nice. collector's edition version. Mm -hmm. I still use it from time to time. That was guaranteed to have two expansions included with the, with the purchase of that, including cyberpunk 2077. They canceled one of them. This is it. I'm getting it. I have it already locked in. I'm not worried about anything. I can't wait for Idris Elba's uh, sleeper cell character to be taking me on the rounds through this new dog city, uh, which is somewhere in Pacifica that you get like snuck into. Mm -hmm. It looks so good, dude. I, I am a, I'm still a big fan of Cyberpunk 2077. It's still one of my favorite games that I've ever played. I sunk so many hours into different playthroughs of that. And knowing that they are they are going in because they've they've hired on a lot of the modders that were digging into this game and rebalancing and re rebuilding a lot of the trees for the talents in this game mm -hmm. they've taken those people and they've allowed them to do what they do best on the actual game they've actually hired them to do that so not only are you getting fresh content for cyberpunk with with phantom liberty but you're getting an overhaul of all of the systems that are in this game so it will still look as good as it does it'll still have all of the cool little things in there but everything should feel like a fresh playthrough so if you haven't played cyberpunk 2077 look for a deal on this uh, that has the bundle included. You'll get a really good uh, amount of content in there. You'll have a fantastic time playing with uh, Keanu Reeves, telling you all this uh, uh, fun stuff in your head where he's basically calling people out on their bullshit and stuff like that everywhere. It's fantastic. That's the only curse I'm dropping this whole episode. Um, but please go play Cyberpunk. It is in a great state. It's going to be even more balanced when it actually comes out with Phantom Liberty. I'm glad we got the September 26th date. Um, I'm a bummed that it's not going to be available on Game Pass with the uh, with with the expansion sold separately the way they've kind of done with Forza Horizon uh, and Redfall, but that would be a great get. Shout out to Sean Capri who keeps thinking this game's coming to Game Pass. Boy, he's been sticking on that one thing. <laughs> game, when, when I, he and I got to go to E3 together for Xbox Canada in 2019, and he was like, "This is coming to Game Pass." I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. Like, okay, buddy. Um, <laughs> Ah, uh, man, but I'm I'm stoked for it. And I will say as somebody that was not a believer in cyberpunk and I am a much more casual fan of cyberpunk yeah. than you. I had 80 plus hours in that game. That's a um, hefty amount. And for... and I'm a one playthrough guy. Now you're making me doubt it, but I know I've got a ton of hours in it, but I'm a one playthrough guy. Oh, you like funny. to play through things multiple times. I played through something once like my character is my character. I'm not going to re-roll in Diablo. Most likely we'll see. Who knows? Um, mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm there for this one. And. If you've not gone into cyberpunk, guys, the patches have done wonders. They had those big patches midway summer last year. If you're on a Series S or X, do it. It's so worth your time. Yeah. So worth your time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, City Skylines 2, uh, day one game pass, October 24th. Why come out in October? I don't know. Uh, but it was Ready. the next game that that I think got a lot of attention, and that was Metaphor. Metaphor Re Fantasio. Um, I'm saying that with the wrong style accent. It's supposed to be more Japanese, I think. Um, but this is a new IP from Atlas. It's a JRPG. It was showcased here on an Xbox uh, showcase. This was never leaked, to my knowledge. This no. is a big deal, buddy. This is a yeah. big deal. World premiere for a new Atlas game. That mm -hmm. is, and I was I was watching because uh, when we were actually doing the live reaction, I could not focus on the on the subtitles at all. I was mm -hmm. too kind of like paying attention to what was going on, thinking about it. Uh, but the the king has been murdered, and there is now it's now like 
King Arthur's quest. Like there is now up for grabs the throne to the kingdom. Everyone can be it. It's a it's like there's a, a you got to prove yourself to become the next king of the of the realm and stuff like that. I I I am very curious like how Atlas fans are feeling right now about this because it's not my style of game. It's not something I'm going to jump into, but I'm so excited to see that Xbox was able to uh, announce without it leaking a brand new IP from Atlas who is is so deeply rooted in PlayStation. It's almost disgusting. They're so deep in them uh, that it was great to see Xbox get this and I and, and, and other stuff too, like Yakuza, brand new game from Yakuza, brand new game from Atlas. Like we're getting brand another one in the future. Capcom, brand new one from Capcom. Yeah. We're getting another one from Kojima. Like mm-hmm. anyone that tries to say that Xbox is not invested in Japanese development studios bringing content to Xbox, y'all are kidding yourselves, man. They it are fe- in for it. It felt like Xbox was like, you know what, Jeff, you can't have these. We're keeping them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were like, Capcom, Atlas, come here, sit down, let's talk. Um, Sorry, but, Jeff. Um, I'm fine with it. I, I did not think Summer Game Fest was good compared to the PlayStation Showcase or this one. Um, and mm. and that's, you know, comparatively not good, but I still gave it a C, passing, not failing. It was fine. I think we differ a little bit on that because I think that the, I think Jeff's was the PlayStation Showcase that, all of the PlayStation fans wanted because of the dates and the the content that they announced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the PlayStation Showcase had the 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 trailers that they were hoping were in the uh, the the Summer Games Fest thing. If that may, like, if you were to combine the information from Jeff's and the trailers from PlayStations, that would have been a fantastic uh, showcase. And yep. I think they just they spread themselves too thin trying to appease uh, Jeff's desires for a good showcase as well, too. But that's a whole nother thing. We don't we don't have time for that. We don't. But it is a, a worthy topic if we want to pin that for later, too. We need to pin these things. Uh, <laughs> Towerborn is from the studio that created Banner Saga. Uh, everyone's in the Belfry. It's a four it's a four player co-op hack and slash game, I think. But I yeah. saw this was Xbox Game Studios Presents. I need some clarification on that one. Um, but Towerborn looked cool. It's a day one Game Pass game, 2024. I was interested in that one. Cool art style. Um, while you're looking up that one, I thought the next announcement was incredible, Logan. Uh, <laughs> in Exile, showcased their new game, which is Clockwork Revolution. You would think it's steampunk and and it's steampunk inspired, but there is a time working mechanic here where your actions uh, have have impact on the world. I could not could not believe how excited I was for this one. This is a new IP from an Xbox game studio Uh, in exile, of course, does great things. They, too, are wizards and RPGs. Um, much like Obsidian, who at one point long ago, they were rivals, now clearly uh, combatants on the same battlefield on the same team. And I really liked Clockwork Revolution's trailer. I think everyone should go watch it. It hit different when I watched it separate. When I wasn't watching with anybody else, it hit a little bit different. Um, This is not my kind of game, and I'm going to play this day one. Like, this is on my list. I found 10 games that I'm like definitely going to play. This is is one of them. (laughs) It's not a game that I would normally go for. Yeah. No, I I saw this and it felt like how I felt when I saw the first trailers for Redfall. 
it felt like one of those games that was taking place in a world that was trying to build a story um, with familiar settings in a way that I'd never seen. Uh, I love the 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 world of cyberpunk. I'm I'm or sorry, not cyberpunk, steampunk. I'm a punk fan, by the way. Um, I love steampunk. I think it's beautiful. I think it's it's the the old Victorian style with the brass and the and the bolts and stuff like that, and the kind of clockwork nature of everything. Um, the analog feel to everything is so beautiful. They've done a great job with this. the The time travel aspect is very interesting uh, because it's definitely something where the leader of the of the the town or or whatever kind of realm that you're in uh, is aware of you tampering with the past to control the future, uh, and and is going to try and stop you and hunt you down regardless of when or where you're at, uh, which is a very very strong statement to make. Uh, I love that in Exile. Um, did not give a date for this they said coming in due time which is not only a play on the whole uh time travel aspect to it but also a poke at all the people that are like i i just want to know what nxile is doing i just want to know what, what what are they making what's going on with them how come we haven't heard from them and stuff and it's like they'll 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 when they're ready they're when they're ready they're ready but it doesn't matter because it'll be day one game pass agree fully <laughs> agree it was just i i had said on i think iron lords and on miles's show that i thought they would end their showcase with new IP, like something we don't know was what Mm -hmm. I was saying. And it felt like this was the meant to be the end of a show, but then there were some strange transitions where we had Phil come out um, and Phil talked about, you know, some of the stuff they're doing. We we got a new Xbox series S uh, model, not model, uh, but it's, you know, black, it's got a terabyte of memory. Um, That's a big deal because memory is expensive. Dude, it doesn't matter where you buy uh, expansion cards. Um, f- f- 500 gigabytes is going to be cheaper with this Series X or Series S than you trying to buy a Western Digital or Seagate expansion card. Like you're going to spend somewhere in the neighborhood of like 80 bucks for a 500 terabyte one. Usually 500, 500 gigabytes or 500 or ter- gigabytes. Okay. But this Series S has a terabyte of memory just to be clear for our listeners. Yeah, so the original okay. one has 500. Yes. This one has one terabyte mm-hmm. for 50 bucks more. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why this wouldn't, this should not be the go to. In fact, Agreed. it should have been the go to to begin with. But uh, that aside from that, it's, it's, this will be the best buy as far as bang for your buck when it comes to Little Man. And I appreciate that. And it's black. It's so good. It it's looks so pretty. It really does look pretty. And I will tell any listener right now, I have been playing on my Series S almost exclusively for the past month with Diablo and such, just because my dog can't climb upstairs anymore. So I'm downstairs on our TV downstairs. Dude, that's such a great system. Series yeah. S is a wonderful system. I know I talked about it on last episode, but it's great. It's yeah. great. Um, I really so, like it. So Phil finished the show, the Xbox portion of the show, wearing a Hexen shirt, showcasing <laughs> this new Series S. Uh, Hexen, by the way, is an Activision property. It looks very similar to avowed or doom magic first person from the back in the day so curiosities there but but speculate uh how you like i felt like the ending of the xbox show fell flat because their one more thing was the starfield direct they transitioned into a starfield conversation and i really felt like they could have done a good job uh letting their one more thing be clockwork revolution as a new ip and then allowed 
allowed Starfield to have its moment because this was the second new IP from Xbox uh, behind. Oh my gosh, what is it? South, South of Midnight. South of Midnight. Thank you very much. Both of which, which look great. So, yeah. um, kind of a, a kind of a bummer ending for for me. I I was thinking back because I did get hangry towards the end of that show, and I <laughs> ate a banana. I had snacks, Logan, um, but I still got hangry. <laughs> I do wish they'd ended on Clockwork Revolution. So uh, I think if they had Phil come out right after Towerborn and said, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the showcase. We've got one more game that's a brand new IP from Exile that we want to show you. And then they showed this and he had said, stay tuned after this for the uh, for the Starfield Direct, where we dive in for the next 50 minutes into what Starfield is going to be then I think your perspective would be a lot different on the ending because I, I see where you're coming for. And I think if they had tweaked that just a little bit, it would have been it would have hit differently. Agreed. Am I wrong? No, I, I think you're, I think that's a better way of putting it. Yes, um, because the Starfield Direct was a Starfield Direct, right? Like this was a yeah. focus point on Starfield. <sighs> that was a lot of Starfield. It was a lot of Starfield. <laughs> and the Xbox portion of the show, I think, could have ended and hit a little bit differently now. Um, Rune came, wrote in over on Twitter and he's like, was there anything you missed from the showcase gear six Everwild, anything else? Uh, Logan quite telling, I think what we didn't see here because we are very high on this showcase. We saw a lot of great Xbox first party stuff. Um, some of which we talked about some of which we just plain skipped over, like some of the elder scrolls online and whatnot, but we did not see Everwild, Indiana Jones, contraband gears, halo, perfect dark Minecraft, or Kojima's cloud-based title that that was rumored and discussed a few years ago. Um, that's a lot that we know about that they didn't show, and not to mention id, uh, id or machine games and, and and a number of other stuff. I like it like this, brother. I like yeah. that we won all these things and we still got a full showcase. That was cool. Yeah. No, I I agree. I would have loved to have had um, a, a strong idea of like how things are going with Everwild. Indiana Jones, I'm, I'm, you know, would have been interesting to, to see something like that. Contraband, still very curious about Kojima's thing. The Gears and Halo thing, I think we're going to like that. Is I think they're they're kind of being quiet about those because I think I think they're trying to. I, I literally think that they're trying to build an Xbox that is not dependent on those two IPs, um, which I'm okay yeah. with. Because I, I like the new, I like the new games that they're showing off. I think they're great. I think there, there's a lot of potential there, and I've, I've loved all the new IPs that they've introduced lately. Uh, just as far as like the worlds that they're building. Um, interestingly enough, we did actually have a Minecraft update uh, on the seventh. Oh, yeah, like there's a trails, uh, a trails and tales oh, uh, update yes. that is now out. So they did actually talk about Microsoft, but they didn't put it in this showcase, which to me is like. We know that Minecraft is one of the biggest things. The fans are going to be there. They're going to know about it regardless. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be in the showcase. Right. Um, I'm still surprised it didn't get sizzled for any of those. But I am curious if any of these don't make an appearance at Game Awards later this year. I think that's a good place Ooh. to put one or two of them. Um, I don't think would be good. Ever, maybe. It depends on what it, I don't think Everwild's anything, but... Um, <laughs> I also don't think anybody should be excited for contraband. Um, uh, yeah. I don't feel like this is a game that anybody should be hanging their hat on right now. We know too uh. little and it's such an unproven concept right now. So hold off on that one. Um, Logan, last week there was some slander about Gears of War. I don't know if you noticed over my right shoulder here, just to mm -hmm. make sure anybody was doubting my love for Gears of War. 
Mm-hmm. Um, here's my Xbox One X Gears 5 edition. It's beautiful yeah. and I love it. Um, Good little cardboard standee you got there. Hey, come on. No, it's really freaking heavy. Um, <laughs> it's uh, heavy, guys. I was also I was glad Gears wasn't there. <laughs> be based on my discussion point of moving the needle but i do want to i do want to see something from gears soon because those are really good benchmarks for consoles this was a good showcase you didn't need anything and i think you're right stay away from the old pillars but if you can get gear six at game awards or something like that uh i'm there for it that off-rumored phoenix collection or whatnot shout out drop that bad boy shout out that would be cool yeah that's what you need to do you know that would be drops today the yeah no shadow drop i'm okay with that too i can live with it um but the 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 trilogy like the gears trilogy save that for like a games award uh thing or or like an august uh gamescom thing because i think that would be fantastic uh that would be a good kind of kickoff to like the busy busy fall that we're going to have this year anyway um but right now honestly like save it. it 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 doesn't need to be a thing i think everyone's comfortable with not having gears at the moment there's a lot to play out there um i think i think we can hold off on that for a while let let the coalition work on whatever it is they're doing let them have that time give them the 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 the, the space to not have to worry about is gears in the conversation where's gears what's going on with it? you know like let them work on it and when they're ready then they can then they can shadow drop the trilogy and we can all look at it in glorious Unreal Five or you know what have you and stuff, and and live in that world. Agreed. Now, Starfield Direct followed uh, followed all of this. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I do want to answer a few questions because we're an hour and twenty in. And it's just a big show, guys. Yeah. Um, famous Seamus wrote in uh, as he always does. He's the most famous Seamus I know, by the way. Uh, Definitely. He said, I would give the showcase an 8 out of 10. My favorite moments were the Persona announcements, despite the leak, Clockwork Revolution, Star Wars Outlaws, Fable, Hellblade 2, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Path of Goddess, and Metaphor, Ray Lentazio. Um, man, that's that's a big list for somebody liking a showcase. I'm with it. Uh, also, Starfield looks interesting. Now for my questions. Favorite games of the show and least favorite games of the show. What was your favorite, Logan? Ooh, uh, I'm going to be honest, um, as much as I love Starfield or uh, Star uh, Sea of Thieves, as much as I love Sea of Thieves, um, that is a known quantity. I've been expecting that. So I'm a little I'm a little lower on that because I knew something was going to be coming. I didn't know for sure. But Mm -hmm. Star Wars Outlaws, that trailer sold me so hard. Uh, I, I love Star Wars. So it's it's definitely between that. And Fable at the moment, because I love Richard Iowati. He's hilarious, and I and I can't wait to find out what's going on with those two games. Okay, cool. Um, I, I would say for me it was Cyberpunk 2077 because I know it's coming. Yeah. I know it's happening. There's too there's a lot of good in this showcase, mm-hmm. man. Um, and loving one more than the other. It, it, don't don't do that game to yourself because you'll, you'll be upset. <laughs> I love Cyberpunk 2077. My my least favorite, I don't know that it's fair to say it's my least favorite, but like no persona game or yakuza game is going to chart for me that is not my interest level yeah. um so those were like hey i'm happy for my friends moments but but they weren't they were never going to i'd have been more excited for gears right um yeah even my, my saying it doesn't move the needle but i it's a big deal that they were there they just don't talk to me anything yeah. just miss the mark for you uh city skylines 2 still wakes the deep um, those are two that neither of those felt, uh, like I was going to really 
Like it didn't feel like they were going to move the needle for me. I don't know who was looking for city skylines too, but I, there's gotta be fans out there for them to warrant making a second one. So it's just not something I care about. Yeah. What about, um, the persona announcements famous Seamus wants us to know if if they would have hit bigger had they not been leaked oh 100 100 the fact that those got leaked that uh, it was it was it was big when people found out about them mm-hmm. and the fact that we that that they were shown in the xbox showcase and they kept them in there obviously they wanted to uh it's just a real bummer man when stuff like that leaks out like i i know how bummed i would have been if uh sea of thieves monkey island stuff had gotten leaked out early because i know like people are already kind of uh lukewarm about like sea of thieves being in there because if you're not playing sea of thieves you're not really interested in it mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like you know oh we're sticking another elder scrolls online uh update we're, we're sticking in another fallout 76 update like who's still playing these games dead game dead game kind of thing uh so it's it's that feeling like when when persona gets leaked I, I think everyone loses, um, especially the developers who missed out on the opportunity to have a really big, exciting moment for them. Uh, but it most definitely would have been a lot bigger, much in the same way that I think a lot of people are loving Metaphor right now. Like Metaphor uh, is is everyone's like cup of tea as far as like what, what they want to know more about when it comes to uh, Japanese RPGs. The nice part was those things did leak um, and the showcase still delivered. That's, yes. that's the nice part. You know, that's true. A strong so, point. Even with yeah. those leaks, it was still an amazing showcase. Yep. Uh, let's go down to Todd Oxtra. Todd Oxtra wants to know, uh, was the no CGI trailer proclamation of for the, before the show a bit misleading? I really loved what I saw. I felt like there was a lack of gameplay on a lot of the games that just felt like CG trailers. I think Todd's making a good point here. Um, misleading? Maybe a little bit, but yeah. not malicious so yeah. uh if that's a thing like they're pr people so you have to acknowledge that but yeah, a little bit misleading but i didn't think it was disingenuous either what i what i appreciated was did we see gameplay no i didn't get to see uis i didn't get to see quests i didn't get to see uh like full-fledged combat for a lot of things and that always bumps me out because i want to know what it's going to be like to actually play those games but the footage that we did or footage footage the you footage say, that, you say footage all the time it's a thing now it's the footage, double down for you <laughs> um the the footage that we got i think is what the word is uh is all from in game like they shot it in game it was captured in game so whatever i'm looking at for everything that we saw was at least stuff that i can trust will look representative of uh the game to an extent like we saw a lot of starfield stuff starfield has uh changed a lot over the last few years the amount of detail in those environments is vastly different compared to what we saw previously star wars outlaws is the outlier in this that it bugs me that that looked amazingly like a just a straight cg trailer and it was from ubisoft so i trust that they'll that they'll have something in in store for us on the ubisoft forward uh, where they're going to dive into the gameplay of it but i'm very curious to find out like what is the gameplay going to look like for that compared to the trailer that was in the showcase today Mm -hmm. yep that's a that's a good point and i think it's also spotlights why fidelity is so important to them yes you know 100 starfield that's why they want fidelity mode um but I do appreciate the, the point of like CGI 
and, and such. Um, let's go it's to the next exciting. question. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Jose Martinez, the third, what's up, dude? Uh, he says, do you think we're going to get a holiday game or is the plan for us all to pour a thousand hours into Starfield? And for the record, I'm absolutely <laughs> here for that. Um, I do think that the, it's set now, Jose. I think you've got uh, Age of Empires, Hi-Fi Rush, Minecraft Legends, Ghostwire Tokyo. In the first half of the year, Redfall was the midway point, And then Starfield and uh, Forza Motorsport yeah. ending your year. That's a pretty good year in terms of first party. Again, I, I know Starfield, or pardon me, Redfall has the bad taste in people's mouths, and I get and appreciate that. But all the other titles I listed are still Xbox first party delivering, not to mention ongoing content from uh, Sea of Thieves, Grounded, Halo, uh, Forza Horizon, and such. So I think that's the plan, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. If, if Starfield is a system seller, they even address the fact that X, more Xbox Series Xs are going to be available. They gave you a reason to dive into that if you're interested. Uh, thanks to Forza, thanks to Starfield, which are two showcase pieces in their own right. And then you've got a 2024 that will include Fable, Hellblade, Avowed. Um, dope. Dope. Yeah. So I think that's the plan. I don't want anything else. Like, I... I want some of these to move to November. Like Alan Wake would be a perfect November game. <laughs> well, that, that's the great thing is, is nothing is nothing is forcing anyone to buy these day one. Like, and in fact, if you guys have these, also that's a fantastic Star Trek mug. If you guys have these uh, uh, for later, like that's gonna is just the longer you wait, the smoother the patches will be that come out mm -hmm. post launch, and the potential sales you'll have for like black friday and stuff like that so don't don't ever feel like you're you're pressed to be in the zeitgeist for a lot of these because there's just not enough time for folks so pick and choose a couple that you want to play day one and then save the rest for later in the year when you do have more time when there's less stuff to play i i have a feeling because i'm stoked for starfield i bought the controller uh, which by the I way do. you can buy now it's not a pre-order you can just buy it it might all be yeah. here wednesday do that yeah. um uh, i tried to get logan one uh, he, he would not give me his address. Nope. Okay. Um, yep. But I. Mom. <laughs> oh, oh that. Um, threw it in there. Got it in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Who? That's what she said. So the big premise here is that uh, there's a lot coming out, a whole lot coming out this yeah. year. And like you said, man, I'm going to play a couple of these at launch and then put them down. I have a feeling Starfield will be one I put down. I have a feeling Starfield's better after the patches um, because I'm so stoked for Alan Wake. I'm so stoked for Spider-Man. Um, what are the, what is the, when does the Metal Gear collection hit, right? Like there are so many games this holiday uh, from like September through the end of the year that I'm like, yep, I'm in, uh, you know, Mirage is in there. That's a huge game. There are a lot of big games and I am going to have to wait on some of them. And you and I made a promise to, to each other when we started working together, we're not going to make this work. Like we will work hard, but this is not meant to be a job. Some of that stuff we're just not going to get to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just we don't gonna... want it to be, we want it to be a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Starfield direct. Uh, by this point in the show, I was dragging a little bit and I don't think they did any favors to me uh, because they showed a lot of gameplay, but cutaway gameplay is a lot of cutaway <sighs> gameplay. It was very long and very intricate and detailed. That said, while it didn't speak to Luke lore on every single front, um, what I the gameplay that I did see, I liked. The game looks massive. 
And the zeitgeist seems to be really there for Starfield, despite the 30 frames per second element. Um, I'm excited for Starfield. I am excited for Starfield. I didn't lose my mind for it the way I perhaps wanted to, but I think they sold a lot of Xbox uh, consoles, subscriptions, and games today. That's what I think happened. Um, What did you think happened? And you wax poetic because this is your baby. So I, I am... I'm really looking forward to Starfield because I saw something in the direct that I needed to see. Um, And that was the world building. Uh, I needed the world building. I needed the story. Um, Combat and UI are high on my list of things that matter when it comes to games. And the UI for this looks a lot more polished. It looks a lot more solid. and the the combat looks a lot better too. Like the gunplay looks a lot smoother. It looks a lot more uh, what I would expect. This is going to be probably my next Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, because it's a lot of running around, killing stuff, to loot things, to get to different areas, to complete missions, to talk to your uh, your connections with the different factions, to visit different worlds and stuff. There was a lot of talk about finding your own stuff in the world, um, being able to discover things on your own, to venture to different planets and stuff like that. That all is well and good, um, but that's not necessarily what pulls me into a game. That's not necessarily what I like uh, to to dive into because it's why I don't uh, play Minecraft. It's why I don't play No Man's Sky. Um, I play games to be told a story or to feel like i am invested in 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 something that is happening uh you know if i if i'm playing something it's it's uh like cyberpunk i want to i want to be connected to the characters i want to hear what the story is that they have to tell about that i'm invested in uh who's in who's doing water or who's going to survive this and Mm -hmm. we finally got names to, to npcs we finally got ideas about why we're here what we're doing, what we're going to be doing, how it's going to be impacted by different factions like space pirates or uh, Western frontiers on on desert planets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, full, big, beautiful cities that have a massive scale as you're walking around. And they're allowing you to explore this in two ways, first person and third person, which speaks a lot to giving players the opportunity to have cosmetics, uh, have a suit that looks a certain way, to feel cool about it, and to be able to see that. But if you don't, if you love having that FPS feel, then it's available to you, and I think they're going to do a good job with it with this. Um, But I'm here for the worlds. I'm here for the story. Uh, This is going to be a, a Bethesda tile that has me interested in seeing what it is they can do when they have enough money to really build a vast game and this game feels like it's going to be immense um Mm -hmm. i'm glad that they're shooting for 4k resolution on xbox series x and they're going for 1440p on the xbox series s they're pushing that resolution it's the thing that xbox does they push resolution Mm -hmm. um they said that it's going to be a locked 30 frames on console uh, because they want to ensure consistency on performance um and that it it's a hit because i would i would love to do like what sea of thieves does where they've got a 120 frame per second mode mm-hmm. um but it is locked at 1080 uh resolution because mm-hmm. i can live with 1080 frames 
with 120, or I can live at a 1080 resolution at 120 frames per second. I can live at a, a 1440p at 60. I would love for them to be options for this. So if that's possible in the future, um, that would be great. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to live with 30 frames um, as, as long as it's locked. Like if they say mm -hmm. locked, and I'm glad that they're saying locked, mm -hmm. I, I need them to be sure about that because that's what's going to make me feel like I'm going to be able to live with. I can adjust to that. But... It's, it looks amazing. I'm, I'm probably not going to mess with half of the systems that are in this game. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to play it just for the story. And and I'm totally fine with that as well, too. But what what was it about it that, that caught your eye or caught your attention? So my attention was caught by how much I don't want to play. Um, there is, this game is massive. That's misleading. I should reword that. I, what I mean to say is <laughs> there are so many, like you said, systems that are in this game that I'm never going to mess with. There are some things I just don't want to do. I'm really impressed by some of the creative ship stuff. I doubt I'll spend tens of hours doing it. Some hours, yes. But like, see that moon there? You can go there. Okay, I've done that in No Man's Sky. But also, like, that's not my interest level. What's my purpose? I'm going to play this um, as much like a first-person shooter, as much like a, a rogue squadron dogfighting that I can mm -hmm. get because I like those experiences. I want to to enjoy the combat of Starfield. And I think I will. I kept messing with you by saying it would look like destiny yeah, in some <laughs> ways, but it, but you, you kept saying cyberpunk and that's a better analogy. Um, you can talk your way out of things. You can go in guns blazing. Luke Lore is going in uh, to snipe people, to stealth kill people. And then if I need to, I'm whipping out one of the many different weapons, which looked incredible. Um, and I'm going to mow down some bad guys. And I think that's going to be, how I enjoy Starfield as this uh, scoundrel esque, you know, good heart, good guy, Han Solo esque type character, maybe a bit yeah. more warrior. But that's what I think I'm going to do. Um, the trailer, or not the trailer, I'm sorry, the showcase, it dragged for me because they spent a lot of time deep diving on some of these systems. Yeah. And that's impressive. That's not what I want to do in a video game. Right. Yeah. But the fact is, they did show me some stuff that I want to do. They showed you some stuff you want to do. And you and I are not the same type of gamer. And they showed other people stuff that they want to do. Some people are going to play. I bet you Ellery creates a character, has a book that they have written about their character, draws it out. And, and they craft a whole new narrative for their character. Yeah. I loved reading Ellery's uh, comments about crafting their Redfall character. That was mm. fun for me. I have a feeling Starfield's going to do that uh, for so many more people, right? Yeah. But my guy is going to go in. I'm going to play this like a Far Cry game, probably. You know, I think. Yeah. I I want to do that. Curious about the procedural generation. Really hope they get a performance mode down the line. Right now, they're saying it's locked at 30 for fidelity reasons. No, I think you're locked at 30 because you need it to be locked at 30 because you need to be able to say you're locked at something. Yeah. And 30 is what you got. Um, but I'm going to be. Go ahead. Oh, how, how did you feel about seeing yourself in the game? Sometimes as a community, we really celebrate each other and we're really proud and happy and we, we appreciate. And then you have people like Mr. Bad Bit and Clint Coombs out there screenshotting uh, Bethesda's <laughs> characters. And there is a uh, apart from a horrifying 
look on the character's face. Um, that straight up does look like me. Hair, <laughs> complexion, even down to like, obviously anybody that watches the show knows that my right eye is messed up. Um, even down to the right eye being funky. I was like, what is this? Fallout first Fallout Boy, now this? Uh, all I'm saying, Todd, is you owe me a copy of the game. Something. Sign a yeah. shirt. You Send need it to, my way. You need to take what you need to take that me, that that image, and you need to at uh, at Todd Howard and Pete Hines, and be like, guys, what the heck is going on? This feels weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Oh uh, yeah, I'll do it right I, now. Hey, Todd Howard. Yeah. <laughs> we're, the we're thing. Yeah. The the thing that I I'm very curious about is um, how deep a lot of these systems are going to go because they've they've shown that some of the traits that you can pick up for your character are going to be ones that are uh, from a full list of of different like character personality traits um, that you you can kind of customize your character with and those are supposed to impact some of the dialogue discussions that you have with different people. And I'm very curious, like, how deep does that go? Because that was one of the things that was touted about Cyberpunk 2077. They said, if you pick a, a, a street kid or a corpo uh, or a nomad, that is going to drastically change the outcome of the game. That is going to change the narrative that happens because it's going to open up dialogue options that you wouldn't normally have. And at the end of the day, a lot of that fell flat because it just did not really impact with this, I see the same trappings, and I'm very curious and concerned uh, that they may not be as deep as they are suggesting with the the commentary that they've made about it so far. So, curious to see, uh, staying optimistic because I think I think if anyone Bethesda has a deeper knowledge and and confidence in how to build those kind of systems and narratives, but it is quite the undertaking to try and say like. Out of the list of 12 different attributes that you can pick, uh, these three are going to change the dialogue options for you in the game and then spread that across the multiple fraction, uh, factions that they have in the game. Mm -hmm. And just how how deep could that possibly get given the scope and, and, and uh, uh, direction that this game has? It, it's funny that In Exile and Obsidian can showcase their new RPGs. Playground can showcase their RPG. Mm -hmm. And then Starfield happens and it's just like, good lord. Like, <laughs> good Lord, you know, if if PlayStation is the place for third person action narrative titles, Xbox is the place for RPGs, you know, yeah. um, I'm excited for Starfield. I, I am. I'm excited for all the different reasons than you. And that's still cool. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's going to be be fun to watch. Um, I want to read a few more listener reactions here. Oh, cool. A uh, bunch of people wrote in over on Twitter. I know we read a, a few of them out. Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, Anubis, the Xbox gamer, he says, uh, absolute bangers for me. The rock climbing game looked like a hidden gem. Really? He's talking about you mm, I'm really yeah. glad to hear that. That game did look good. It just was quiet next to the rest of the stuff. You know, it was, that's a good way to put it. It was definitely quiet. Yeah. Uh, Edward Varnell from boss rush network, Nintendo power block. What's up, buddy? Uh, he says, with a strong fall for Xbox, do you think we have a strong winter or do you think any delays will be announced uh, will be announced next year for some of these games? Um, I, I think we kind of addressed that. In short, Starfield and Forza round out the year. You open up Q1, Q2 with, with a Hellblade, I think is what happens. That's why I, I stand by that prediction pretty strongly. Um, and I think those are two titles, Starfield and Forza, 
that you want to carry you through the holiday. You want yeah. to carry you through. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very, a lot of what was shown today was labeled as 2024. So there wasn't really a whole lot that we got that was 2023 without a solid date, mm -hmm. which makes me feel good because it, it shows that everything that we saw that was 2023, they're, they're pretty confident that that's the date. Now, obviously things can happen, but I mean, if they do, I don't think they're going to be any of the main ones from Xbox. I think they'll be like, payday three uh or or something uh along with that you know i don't think forza or or starfield are slipping at all um maybe persona games that come out you know like maybe tactics could push because mm -hmm. it's already november 11th it's mm -hmm. pretty close but i i feel like they're pretty confident with what's what's going on with those i agree uh scrolling through our discord a lot of people really seem high on this this showcase in general matt without fear is stoked for starfield but his completionist brain has him nervous uh i can't say i blame him uh can't say i blame him at all uh matt valdez super stoked about the new capcom title uh which i i'm right with matt valdez on that one because i'm not a jrpg person and yet that amimusha-esque game looks cool yeah uh, which is dope. Uh, looks like study is really high on it. Ellery seems to be very pleased. Uh, Clint Coombs made a full list. And then uh, the muffin Mon, he said games. I'm going to play Starfield, Hellblade Two, fable avowed metaphor, persona three reloaded persona five tactics, uh, tactica like a dragon, infinite wealth. And then he's interested in Towerborn, 33 immortals and, and dungeons of Hindenburg Hinterberg. That's over 10 games that Kevin's interested in. Um, I found 10 that I was like, yep, I'm playing that. That's I'm so happy with the showcase, man. It feels good that people are excited. Yeah, this is this is definitely of the same caliber. I think uh, the last showcase was in the showcase before that. This is definitely a good place for micro or for yeah for Xbox to be in when it comes to to showcasing the titles that are coming. It definitely feels like they are they are getting they're showing they're they're ensuring that whatever you see is 90% all on game pass. Mm -hmm. And as, as someone who cares less about the, the hardware that I'm playing on and more about where I can play it, uh, having, having the knowledge that pretty much all of this is going to be on game pass just makes, makes me feel good, man. Cause it, it means that it's going to be a lot more accessible for a lot of people and they aren't going to have to sit there and try and decide of the, the, you know, games that are coming to game pass how many of those are they going to, or how many of the games that are coming to game pass are they going to have to shell out 70 bucks if they want to play them elsewhere or if they just want to buy them, you know, outright, like there's a lot of games and you don't have to pay full price for all of them. You just have to have game pass. And I think that is, that is uh, exceptional because it, it's, mm -hmm. you're, you're seeing the value now you're reassured of the value that's coming to Xbox. Agreed. Well, Logan, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our pretty darn incredible Ooh. showcase. It's been a day of podcasting, man. man. It's been a day of podcasting, and we got both got to guest on other shows this past week. Um, I'm scheduling our next creator talk for our patrons uh, coming up. We've had it's it's been good vibes all around, buddy. It's been yeah. good vibes all around. Let people Definitely. know where they can find you. Uh, I'm going to be uh, doing more podcasting after this. I'm going to be recording the Xbox uh, Keelhauled um sea of thieves content that's all coming around so if you guys are interested in the sea of thieves monkey island i'm going to be diving into that uh, i got to rewatch the trailer a couple times to see if there's any little things i can pull out but 
Uh, very excited. So keep an eye out for CFE's news through Keelhauled. Um, outside of that, I'm going to be on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N or in uh, any of the numerous discords for the shows that we do. Very cool. And listeners, I will ask if you would be willing to take the time. We are six uh, reviews away from 100 on the North American or on the American iTunes review charts. We're doing real well on Spotify. Uh, like and subscribe over on the YouTube channels if that's where you're listening. Um, and if you're willing to drop a tip in the tip jar, we are real close to uh, hitting 30 patrons. And that would be kind of a joy because Patreon was in my mind's eye at the beginning of this year. And Logan, you've helped me kind of bring that to fruition. Um, and of course, you can find XCP on all those platform services uh, on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter at Ghost. I think that's it for us, Logan. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Take care. <sighs>